When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to another edition of Blakey's Boot Room. I'm Paula Van Den Arte, head of sport, here with the legend that is Nathan Blake. Good day, mate. Um, it's just us two today because Dominic Booth, who normally hosts the programme, is actually holidaying in China, Blakey. So, Ni hao. Anyway, there we are. Um, however, it will be another splendid programme, and I hope Dom is listening in China. So much to talk about, not least what a brilliant few days it's been for the Blue it Reds. It has been an outrageously good few days. So obviously the, the Middlesbrough win, Blakey, followed by a win at Ipswich. Yeah. But as a bonus, Aston Villa, Wolves, Derby, Fulham have all dropped points in, yeah. the, in the period as well. Yeah, yeah. What do you um, make of that? Well, I, you know, I, I did say pre-Christmas... I don't think Wolves are gone, right? Because uh, I've seen firsthand how those gaps can sometimes close. And I did think they would get into a bit of a rut because they had a lot of Portuguese players who were probably used of a two-week period of break over the Christmas period. But this would have been the first time. So that gap closed into nine points. Now, all of a sudden... I'm going to make a prediction. By the time we play Wolves, I think there's going to be two or three points in it. Wow. Right? By the time we play Wolves, I think there'll be two, three, maybe at a push, four points in it. But there's no way I don't think that they're gone clear. One more dodgy result for them. If we win one and they draw or lose one the next game, you know, then all of a sudden psychological things that happen they'll start talking about the time when I was there in 2000 and I think it was three or four maybe five when um, when uh, we had like a 12 point gap with 10 games to go or vice versa and we never made it so I don't think the wool story is done and dusted I don't think the top two uh, is done and dusted by any stretch of the imagination. So the top spot is still there for me. And uh, Cardiff, fantastic result against Middlesbrough. And played well. You know, played really well. I still think they've got a little bit in the tank, Paul. As I've said before, I still think they can work on a few patterns of play around that 18-yard box, especially ball into Kenneth Zahor. Gary Medini's going to expect that ball into his feet around the box, but I don't think at this moment in time our midfield are used to doing that. It's kind of like a muscle memory problem. You know, they're almost programmed to 30 yards out, put a ball into the box, and I think so often they can look to Kenneth Zahor's feet, who then can roll his man, because he shows his strength and prowess on the halfway line. They always look for him on the halfway line, and he rarely loses the ball. He often turns and runs a defender. So you imagine that on the edge of the eight and yard box. Basically, the defender can't tackle you. And if I'm in midfield and I pass into you on the edge of the box, Paul, and you're holding it up, I can run into you, I can run past you, I can run in order for you to lay someone else in. 
you know, it's those little patterns which I think will give Cardiff an extra gear and could push them to possibly even winning the thing. But it's more crowded in those areas, isn't it? There's yeah. less space for Zahor to get into before mm. the goal well, becomes if you look at if you looked at Middlesbrough, um, there was about four or five occasions, or maybe three or four occasions, where the ball was played in towards the box, was then headed out to, say, a Joe Rawls, who's maybe 30 yards out. Then Joe would help it back in with his left foot like a cross rather than looking for Kenneth Zohor and the problem was for me Kenneth Zohor was looking for that pass from Joe so he would muscle his way and show right where you want him just inside the box or edge of the box waiting for the ball at the feet and the ball would bypass him and go over the top now as a former striker I'm telling you that's an opportunity for me gone because if you play that ball into my feet, I can turn, I can hit it, I can turn, I can step over it, I can do so many things. I can lay the runner of Hoylet in, I can lay uh, the midfield runner of, if it was Grucic a Grucic or whoever. Whoever, Damore, Gruich, whoever. Yeah. There's so many things I can do. I can I can dummy it for myself and turn around the corner for There's so much I can do. I can lay it back to you. I can lay it to you for your run. You know, it so will just these, open up another... Yeah. So uh, these are these are technicalities, but what you're saying is there is actually more to come. From there's more room for improvement for me. Yeah. yeah. So let's talk about Zahor in particular, as you've touched on mm. in there. Um, as as regular listeners to this show will know, mm. I'm his biggest backer. Yeah. Massive supporter of Zahor, um, even though he's only scored five goals this season. I think it is Nath, but but for me. It sounds a bit of a cliche to say this, but I honestly think there was a period where he was almost trying too hard mm. or not trying enough. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But when he was not try- when he was trying too hard, I just felt he was so unlucky. He was having worldy saves from goalkeepers. He was hitting the bar. He was hitting the post. Mm. And suddenly against Ipswich, he's. I've always said he just needs a goal to go in off his backside, and then he'll go on a scoring run. And mm. suddenly against Ipswich, he's got what I'd regard as a bit of a fluke of a goal, Blake. Mm. He. The, the cross has come in from the right. He has completely miskicked the volley. The volley. Yeah, completely no. missed the ball, looking amateurish almost. Mm. Fell over. I thought handled the ball with both hands. Got up, but then had the foresight just toe poke it into the goal. Yeah. And that could just be the start. I thought he played damn well against Middlesbrough without mm. looking at threat in front of goal. Yeah. So this could just be the kickstart for him. And, and what a time for it to come mm. if it is that with 13 games to go in the running. It's almost perfect, isn't it, with him and Medine now. So they can play together or they can play one or other. That's Neil Warnock's decision. But I would say, um, I'd agree with you, he was definitely trying very hard and nothing seemed to come for him. Then it seemed like he went off the boil a bit yeah. for uh, a three or yeah. four game period yeah. uh, and then the signing of Medine came yeah. which just seemed to have picked him back up again you know so what happens is when you go through those periods periods of not scoring uh, and it becomes eight, nine, ten games no matter what anyone says no matter what any striker says you d- it does start to play on your mind it does start to, because effectively you're not doing your job the job is to score goals. Okay, you have other stuff to do for the team, but ultimately your job is to score goals. And like they always say, as a striker, that's what you're judged upon at the end of the day. Regardless of how great you do for the team, 
you could be the work of the team, the, the you know the production line of goals. But if you're not scoring as a number nine, eyebrows are going to be raised, and eventually someone else is going to come along and score the goals. So there becomes a bit of self-doubt, maybe. Right. Uh, and what I seen with Kenneth was kind of because he hadn't scored the goals, is then his work rate then kind of dipped and then the fans got on his case a bit. Yeah. But he has to understand the fans are getting on his case because of what he's able to do, yeah. not because he's not playing well. It's because they want you to show what you can do all of the time. That's just that's just the fan. He craves that high quality all the time. You know, they say oh fans would be fine if you just put in the work rate and the effort. But sometimes when they know you've got a lot more than that to give yeah. Then you know it's what they pay their money to see. Yeah. You know, you know it, uh, as as a kid, as an eighteen year old, I didn't understand that. But as I got to twenty, twenty one, and took on more responsibility, you start to understand these things. Yeah. And not forgetting, Kenneth's only twenty four, and yeah. this is probably his strongest period, especially over here, in professional football in this country. This is probably his strongest period because he signed and he was. He was went into oblivion really after he signed here. So only this last year, he's come to prominence. So his confidence was probably damaged a little. But the signing of Gary Medine, I believe, what it does, it kickstarts you into, you know, they're not, they're not threatening. They're just basically Neil Warren's just saying, look, regardless of what you do, I still need goals. Yeah. And if you're not going to provide me goals, I'm yeah. going to have to find someone else who does. Yeah. So he brings in Gary Medine. All of a sudden, Kenneth's form goes back up, yeah? Because he now knows, right, I'm in a, a battle for my position. And then next game, he grabs himself a goal. Fortunate may be it, but it's a goal. And it's the kind of goal, when you say one off the backside, it was that kind of goal. It was, wasn't it? was it? just a scruffy, yeah. untidy. Because if you look at the goal... Medine celebrating as he hits the volley. He thinks, oh, he's in. But he's botched up the volley. He's absolutely yeah. made a hash of it. Yeah. But I love his reaction because yeah. he's on the floor, face down. He has handled the ball. And the I didn't floor. see that. He's ball. got away with that. I had Arsene Wenger <laughs> eyes. I didn't see that. <laughs> who, who talks the Arsene Wenger of Leakey's boot room? <laughs> I didn't see that. All I see was him get up and talk about well, the ball. Well, listen, the most, important thing, the most important thing is the ref didn't see it. Absolutely. Yeah, nor the linesman. It was so. too quick, I yeah. think. Yeah. And if it was handball, it's yeah. a rebound. You can't but say he it has, was... He has scored ultimately with a toe poke, hasn't it? Or Absolutely. Am I, or am I being unfair calling it a toe poke? No, it was just a little you know? stab. Yeah. A little stab yeah. at all, but yeah. it was that kind of finish you needed because you didn't have time to pull your foot back. Do you, do you feel now this might just be the spark for him? Because he did play well against Borough, didn't he? Yeah, he was excellent against Borough. Let me tell you, he was the difference between winning and losing against Borough. Yeah. People yeah. will lord the defence and yeah. midfield, but I'm telling you now, if you look at Borough, yeah. let me just explain one yeah. thing. So Middlesbrough, they're in, I said, they're in a catch-22. Yeah. They've got a manager who plays a certain way, yeah. but they're a club who has a different philosophy to their manager. Yeah. So they've got players like Ledbetter. Yeah. Ledbetter loves to control play. Yeah. Right? However, if you're playing in a Tony Pulis side, midfield, as we see with Neil Warnock, is often overlooked. Yeah. It's bypassed. Yeah. You work on retrieving the ball off the striker. Yeah. Or the knockdown. 
you don't work off patterns of play through midfield. Yeah. So they're in Middlesbrough are in a, in a transition, but the problem we've got is some players you're not going to a leper can't change his spots. Those players like Ledbetter, they're always going to be, you know, and what's what's um, Downing, people like that. They're footballers. So what you're saying is that that well, Middlesbrough tried to play us at our game. Yeah, but Zahor played that better than Gusted did. Is that Gusted? I was yeah. so disappointed with. Yeah. Because don't get me wrong, of course I want us to win, but I like to see footballers do well. Yeah, yeah. Generally, yeah. you know what I mean. Former Cardiff boy as well. I was so disappointed with him because he basically got beaten up by Morrison yeah. and Bamba. Yeah. He got absolutely manhandled. Yeah. Right? And it was a time as well where Patterson come back and manhandled him also. Yeah. Right? Which I was yeah. thinking, oh my God. The equivalent, the difference was at the other end, Zahor manhandled their two centre-halves yeah. or three centre-halves. Well, that was Ayala, one of them as well. Yeah, was, and yeah. he's a rash. Yeah, do you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. And he just basically, like I say, when the ball goes up to a halfway line, you can't shrug him off and he ends up rolling you, turning you, running you. You might get that final last-ditch tackle on him for a throw-in, but he's got your team going the other way. So the momentum now is with Cardiff. So that explains. I remember a manager telling me once... And, and it offered me a sort of an insight. He said, Paul, tell, let me tell you now that if the centre forward of any team bullies the centre halves of any team, you've won the game. Absolutely. Would you agree with that? Yeah. yeah. That, that's an example yeah. of it, perhaps. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's a massive example of it. That's yeah. a perfect example yeah. of it. Right? You've got two teams, two very similar, okay, club philosophies different managerial philosophies very similar one's in transition trying to become and in my opinion listen this is Tony Pulis is Tony Pulis is Tony Pulis but my opinion Middlesbrough don't fit that sort of playing style yeah but it is the sort Cardiff fans want that isn't it but yeah. it's gonna it might get you promoted but now I'm saying it I think this is kind of be the last season, maybe next the last season, where that style of football you'll get away with promotion. Because I was up at Shrewsbury Town the other day against Gillingham, and even League One teams are playing very much three, five, two, yeah. pass, 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 yeah. pass. So that back to front style of football is becoming a thing of the past. Because right. in my day in League Two and League One, that's all they played. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. If you played football down there, yeah. you were considered absolutely crazy. Yeah. Now, I would say 70, 80% of the teams in League 2, League 1 are playing through the lines, through midfield, pass the ball out from the back, keep the rolling it out. Do you know what I mean? But Football's Neil, changed. Neil Warnock will never play that way. You've no, but he knows he's coming to the end yeah. of his tenureship. You've just, just got to look at when the ball goes for a throw-in in the card of half. <laughs> mm. The centre half. It's mm. not centre half. I think the difference that's with a fullbacks. Yeah, the I centre half trots across. Morrison just makes sure that ball is yeah. as far away from as, Cardiff's goal as, as possible, possible, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah, no, no messing, no yeah. messing. Yeah. But at the end of the day, fans are paid. Fans have paid their money, and they like to be entertained. Yeah. Now people say, "Oh, Cardiff fans wouldn't accept that type of football." Listen, Cardiff fans is the same as any other fan. If your team is playing beautiful football and winning. <laughs> you will accept it. Yeah. If your team is playing ugly football and winning, you'll accept it for a period of time. Yeah. 
That's the difference. Yeah. So, right. so um, how do you see? There's 13 games to go. Mm-hmm. Lucky 13 or not for Cardiff. Mm-hmm. How would you see the shake-up at the top now? You've already said you think that Wolves will be clawed in. Mm-hmm. The fascinating thing for me is they've all got to play each other. Mm. Cardiff have got to play Wolves at home. Cardiff have got to go to Villa and mm. Derby. These mm. games are coming in a close proximity, mm-hmm. mid to late March. It's now you to, want them to, really. To early Easter. You want to, you, you battle so re- early April. You're battle ready, mate. Yeah. So you're going into March, April, knowing it's down to us, really. Yeah. Because I, I always felt, well, not always felt, but I recently felt, look, I think if Cardiff can just stay in the mix, because, you know, I've always talked to Aston Villa. I, yeah. I think they've got a fantastic squad. Mm-hmm. 40,000. Yeah, 40,000, yeah. right? Their manager has proven experience at this level, but he's mm. not as good as Neil Warlock. Mm. Um, you know, if I'm being brutally honest, I think Aston Villa have got a better team than Cardiff. Mm. They, but, mm. but they haven't got as good a manager. I don't know, Paul. That's yeah. what I'm saying. I think. I think. Well, well Cardiff I, don't have anybody like Grealish, for example. Do well, they, they do. If you give me a choice of Grealish or Hoylet, I take Hoylet every day. That's fantastic. That's fantastic. Every yeah. day, would and you, I don't say that you? because yeah. if if I'm okay, I'm a complete neutral. Yeah. Right. Jack Grealish promised the world. Yeah. Delivered very little. Yeah. For a young lad. Yeah. Junior Hoylet in his younger days promised the world delivered little but then has come back bang done well I think too much emphasis was placed on him as a kid just like I think too much emphasis has been placed on Grealish because what happens is when you're that young to hold your form top form from 21 to 31 is nigh on impossible right so you're gonna have a dip and Junior Hoyler went to QPR as sort of a saviour it wasn't down to him to save QBI. He was a kid. But he's had to grow up through the years. And now he's come here. I said when he first signed, give him six or seven games to get going. You're going to see something special. Here we are, almost a year later. And at times, he's unplayable, Junior Hoyland. You know, his feet are ridiculous. And if you honestly, Paul, if you said to me, take Jack Grealish, Nave, or Junior Hoyland, well... Look at the goals they've scored. Junior wins. Okay. Attacking prowess. Junior wins. Pace. Junior wins. Power. Junior wins. Experience. Junior wins. So I never thought of it in those terms, but that's fantastic. What about? I mean, while we're on that subject, then Terry and Chester or Morrison, Mamba, Manga, Bamba. Give me Terry and Morrison and Bamba. Was it? Yeah. Yeah. Listen, you can. Whether you like John Terry or not, can deny he is a big game experience. Excellent, yeah, and was arguably the best English defender yeah. of the last decade or two. Right, right. Yeah. So great, great. So I'm never going to say, oh, "I'll take Morrison over Terry." Listen, if I had John Terry, Sol Bamba, and Morrison, that would do me fine. So the centre forward they got for a lot of money from Brentford. Mm-hmm. Um, Codger's been injured, yeah. he's coming back. You know, you just look at this. They got a very good... Listen, Codger, Zahor, does, is Zahor capable of scoring absolute ridiculously worldly goals? Yes. Yeah. Is Codger? Yes. Yeah. Is Zahor Pacey vast? Yes. Codger? Yes. Codger, is he strong? Yes. Zahor, strong. You know, there's yeah. not a lot between those two other than I would say Kenneth's probably stronger on the halfway line. 
So, so the point I was going to make was I, I was rather hoping um, that Cardiff could get to a situation where they go to Villa Park on April, just stay in there, stay in there. This is after they out, dipped out of the top two, by the way. Go to Villa Park for April the 7th, a Tuesday night game, needing to have to win that game to get back into the top two because yeah. I thought Cardiff were dipping away. Yeah. But suddenly, there's a suddenly, gap. There's a four point and it's got to the stage where do you know what? They could stay in the mix and go to Villa Park needed to avoid defeat mm. to stay in the top two. Mm, mm, mm. Um how, how do you see it? I see the next it, three games over the next two to three games is crucial. Right? I think Derby, Villa, two teams behind us, they have to win their next three games. Well, I mean, this weekend, I've got the fixtures here. Villa are at Sheffield Wednesday. Tough. That's not a sure in win. Derby are at Reading. It seems to have picked up a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. For what it's worth, I just mentioned this. Wolves are at Fulham. Wolves have got a massive... Next three games for Wolves is huge. Yeah. Trust Um, me. Obviously, it's big for Cardiff. We'll come on to it in a minute. They're playing Bristol City. Yeah, yeah. But at least Cardiff are at home. Um... That's one of the great things again about what what the you know the mid midweek Cardiff was, beat Bristol. Cardiff, Cardiff went to Ipswich and they won one nil mm. on a cold Wednesday night. Mm. Um, Wolves only drew at home. Mm-hmm. You know, Villa only drew at home on the mm-hmm. Tuesday to Preston. Derby, Derby drew. only drew at home because yeah. of a last minute, minute goal right, against yeah, Wolves. Yeah. Yeah. So they've actually blown home advantage there. Yeah, um, that's not to be. And simple. points, listen, points will be dropped between now. And the, the final end, final game of the season, but give me a four point lead over my rival right now. Take it all day, because how it goes, Paul. Right, so Cardiff lose a game, the next game, and Villa win or Derby win, and they go a point behind. All right, and everyone goes, oh no. And then Cardiff draw the next game, and Villa draw the next game, so the point stays. Then Cardiff win the next game, then Villa lose a game. The point goes back to four points. So it it you think oh it's it's only four points, but it probably takes four games to claw that pack in. Unless you go lose lose and they go win win. Yeah. You know what I mean? And the way it is at the moment, with everyone having to still play each other and you know, if you look at take away the even the bottom three, no one's cut away. Sunderland are not cut away. So Everyone's around about thirty point mark. Oh, I think suddenly a little less on twenty eight or twenty nine. But there's no gap from the bottom up five places. They're all in it. Yeah. So everyone's everyone's got something to play for. If you know what I mean. You know those teams are around thirty two, thirty three points, thirty five, thirty six points. They can't afford to relax yet because they could find themselves three three losses. You know someone like. Sunderland or Burton, Bolton win three on a row. Yeah. All of a sudden they've gone from thirty-three to forty points, forty-one point. All of a sudden, you know, you'll find yourself in a that, b- bottom three. That, it's it, it's mad. Yeah. That said, there are games that certainly on paper are easier than other games, and I've looked at. I think Cardiff have got coming up shortly uh, before they come with this tough run of Derby, um, Villa. Both away, mm. where Cardiff don't have good records, by the way. Mm. Either of those but they got records. a great away record this season. Yeah, good answer again. <laughs> um, and 
the humdinger of a game against Wolves at Cardiff City Stadium over Easter. Yeah, I can't well, wait. That's that got to have a thirty-plus crowd, you know. Oh, and that'll you, be full stadium. You, you will be in demand, not just here, but from all the Wolves meet, all the yeah, Hampton meet, yeah, for interviews, yeah, all this, yeah. that, and the other. Um, but before that, Cardiff have got. I think I'm right in saying they've got Burton, Barnsley, and Birmingham at home now. I know some of those teams are fighting for their existence mm. in this division at the moment, but. God, they've got to fancy their chance of nine points from those three. Massively, games, massively, you know? massively. Which again keeps. The and even if, even if at this stage, Paul, even if you just scrape, like going to Ipswich is a tough ask. Yeah. Trust me. Yeah. So coming out of there, you know, with a one nil, three points. Yeah, with a bar of gold in your pocket sheet, yeah. is great, yeah. right? But those teams like Burton, Bolton, Sunderland, you know. They are scrapping for their lives. I suppose the only team right now, and I hate to say it because he's our ex-international manager, the easiest club you want is yeah. Sunderland. Because yeah. they're, they're about three games away from psychologically throwing yeah. in the towel. Yeah. Even the, the, the younger squad yeah, Chris yeah. is working with. They're, I watched, like I said, I went up to watch Shrewsbury, uh, Gillingham the other day and a fantastic day by the way evening so looked after me great club old boy Brian on the um, hospitality went to see Danny Coyne basically and um, they I said I think Shrewsbury would do Sunderland right now they looked a better they looked yeah. a better outfit yeah. than Sunderland yeah. I think if Sunderland fall into League One they could have a major yeah. problem you know you know, no one's too big remember yeah. You know, I was watching highlights the other day of like 1997 or 8 or something like that, which isn't, you know, it was only 20 odd years ago. You know, Coventry I'm watching, Dion Dublin scoring for Coventry and things like and that in the Premier, Premier League. League. Yeah. You know? So let's, let's touch on the other end of the field quickly and Sean Morrison, who. Colossus on uh, Saturday. On He's won me over completely. Yeah, yeah. His his performance in both penalty boxes, Blakey yeah. on Saturday against Middlesbrough, fantastic. He got injured against um, Ipswich, mm. and no. <laughs> the, funny, the funny thing is that Warnock used that as inspiration for the rest of the team. He said, "We know what happens when Sean's missing. I they lose four on the trot." Go and prove you can play without more words to that effect, you know? Mm. I would have totally overlooked it. I wouldn't have brought that to fruition. I wouldn't have brought that to mind. Yeah. Because I think that that this is my personal. Yeah. You know, I've done a a psychology degree, so psychology is my my bag, which I love. Yeah. I think you're bringing... I think that's like saying, oh, we always lose at home to Aston Villa. So it becomes sort of self-fulfilling, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I yeah. suppose Neil's trying to reverse psychology in that he's already telling the players what the public and we will say, oh, without Morrison last time, they went four losses yeah. on a bounce. So prove them wrong. Yeah. So he's, he's bringing it to fruition before it's spoken about, I suppose. So it's a bit of reverse psychology. Yeah. Personally, I would just say... That was a bad run. That was a bad run. Simple as that. Do you know what I mean? Because I don't think, if you look at it, yes, Morrison was missing, but I didn't look at it and think, well, Hoylet's had it. He's just, you know, been unlucky. So Oz at it. He's been unlucky. Mendes Lang's at it, but he's been unlucky. 
Riles is at it. He's been. At, we weren't. We were almost like depleted. We're like in a bit of a lactic acid city, I say, where players look jaded, tired, and yeah, you know, since after the Christmas period now, we've just sort of had our down period, recovery period, and boom, we've gone again. So personally, I can un I can understand why Neil's highlighted it, but me personally, I wouldn't have brought it in. I would have just said to the boys, you know. Try not. I, I wouldn't even mention the fact that Morrison was injured, and yeah. you know that's just part and parcel of the season yeah. that it takes place. I would just be focusing on yeah. what a great win, what an absolutely out this world win. See, now we got Saturday. Yeah, come in. Sun, yeah, Sunday, Sunday. Sorry, we got Sunday coming. It's a derby. Go home, rest up, and tomorrow we come in and we start preparing. See, for although it. I thought Morrison. Has been, I think Marathon has been absolutely outstanding since he's returned in every sense. Mm -hmm. um, if he is out of Bristol, I'm not sure that he is, but if he is out, despite what happened, what the results told us over Christmas, and the defence did leak a lot during those four games mm -hmm. without a win, Bamba and Manga is not a bad combination to have, is it? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. And you've got Peltier to come in at right back. Yeah, he's out for a month, Peltier. He's, he's okay. out. He's out. Jazz. Yeah, I don't know what Jazz's situation is, but Connolly came and played left back, and he was seamless there against Ipswich or Port Moreau, so he can fit in at right back again. Traore could probably play left back, right, yeah, uh, right yeah. back what, as well. Yeah. You put you've got Patterson yeah. that can play right back. Yeah. You know that's the great thing about the team. You've got a squad. Yeah. You've got Halford who could play as a holding midfielder. And he and he came in and, and for Morrison and filled in at full absolutely, back the night. So, absolutely. You know. So that's the beauty of the squad. So. So let's look ahead to Bristol Blakey. You and I were at Ashton Gate together um, with the Omer Bogle game, which yeah. frustrated us both. Because yeah. let, let's let's not dwell on, on Bogle yeah. anymore. Yeah, yeah, dwell on it. Yeah, um, the occasion, the the result, it should be a rip roar, shouldn't it? There will be a lot of Bristol fans coming. I will do Bristol Sunday lunchtime. The atmosphere will be phenomenal. I would hope that a lot of Cardiff City floaters turn up. Mm. Like, it'd be nice to see a twenty-eight, thirty thousand crowd. Yeah, it? that's not going to happen, is it? You're asking an awful lot to go from what eighteen thousand against Middlesbrough to. Um... We need to take the boot room on the road to these supporters' trusts and these supporters, and find out why, why, yeah. why so many are staying away. Why, yeah. Yeah. you know, we get we understand the Man City. We probably, you know, three or four thousand are those ones who just want to see. A Premier League team, but I still think we're probably well. If we get talking sixteen thousand, seventeen thousand average, I think we're about six to eight thousand down on what okay. we should be expecting. Okay. As I, I think our average should be about twenty-seven, twenty-eight. You know, let's not forget. I've talked about this club, and I've seen this club from bottom of League Three to Premier League, top of League One, yeah. Premier League. And I've seen the capabilities of it. Yeah. What it's got fan base wide. It is huge. We know that. Yeah. So let's maybe next season if we're still struggling, you know, let's go out and find out. Let's go and do a recorded uh, BBR at someone's club, someone's, you know, clubhouse, supporters trust, whatever. But let's try and get to the bottom because it's something I feel the club should really, you know, look into 
because the Man City proved they're there. The Man City game proved this is what you could have. I would sit back if I was Ken Chu, Mehmet Dalman, and think, right. How do we tap into that on a regular basis? Where, yeah. what? Because it's obviously something we've done. Yeah. So let's rectify it, clean slate it. If it means we have to give away some tickets or do something as a gesture, we'll pay for away travel for the next month, whatever. But let's do something because in the long run, having the full stadium, I think, would nigh on guarantee Nigh on guarantee promotion. That's how important it is. Okay. What, um, what, whatever the crowd against Bristol City, you're very confident of a victory, yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. What, yeah. Why, why is that momentum or... Are you surprised Bristol City are still in the mix? I just think we're better than them. Yeah. I think they were... Listen, don't get me wrong, I think they had some great results this season and they've had a good season. And I think Lee Johnson is a good manager. Yeah. But I think people got carried away a bit. I really do. I think, yeah. you know, I think, you know, if you look at their strike force, it's good. But I don't think it's anywhere near what we got or Derby got or what Fulham got or what, you know, Wolves got. I just don't think it's in that calibre. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I, I think they're more of a... Be happy top six. Yeah. Be happy top six. Yeah. Yeah. There's no disrespect. I just don't think. And I think now what's happening is you're getting... A, they've had a great period, right? And then they went through the cup battles, had some great games, beating Man United, rather. Come out the other end. And I don't think they've won for 11 games or something like that. Or won one in 11. Mm. Something like that. Their stats. And they're better than that form. Don't get me wrong. But I think they're a they're a top six team, top eight team. I don't think they're a, an automatic. I don't not mean to say they can be next year, mind if they add a few to that squad. But I'm confident we'll beat them. Yeah, I I I think they've punched above their weight this season. I think they're probably a eight nine. Yeah, I was going to say a high mid table. Yeah, if you yeah, see what I'd I mean, agree. As opposed to a top six side. Um, my, let's, let's look at predictions for this game. This fixture always throws up goals, Blakey. Yeah, right? yeah. We're doing three one. I've, I've been at games at Ashton Gate where was it Cardiff were two 0 down and won at three two with yeah. those Pilkington goals. Hoyland yeah. and Harris changing the game. I was yeah. with you at that one. Yeah, we were. I've been at a game at, at Cardiff City Stadium where Bristol City sh- were terribly struggling. We're two 0 up. Mm-hmm. And Cardiff turned it around and won three two under Dean. Yeah, yeah. There seem to be there seems to be goals in this game. So I I I because of the way Cardiff is set up under Neil Waddle, I can't see a three two. I'm gonna say a three one. But I can see a two one Cardiff win. So I I'm th- gonna go two one Cardiff. I think Cardiff got more goals in them now. Okay. I really think you're gonna go on a run and see Cardiff score goals over the next yeah. five, six games. Yeah. I think honestly, I think um you're looking at you know, Rouse has done well this year with goal return. I think um, Hoyler has done fantastically well, goal return. Disappointed for Mendes Lang and what's happened to him. I think Patterson's got a goal in him. Yeah. Morrison, obviously, is missing, but I think he's got a goal in him. Bamber, I think he's got a goal in him from set pieces. You know, uh, so I am. Medine, I think, obviously, he better have goals in him because that's what we signed him for. So I think 
yeah, I can see three, even four goals, three or four, one, I would say. I think it'll be tight. It'll be Battle Royal for 40, 50, maybe 60 minutes, and then Cardiff's power will will take over. Well, I think that's a fantastic way to finish the show. Really positive message. Um, I would, listen, listen, Cardiff fans, it, it's up to, to the public to do what they want, but as Blakey says, I think there's something very special happening down at Cardiff City Stadium at the moment under Neil Warnock. So if you get a chance, do go down there and roar on the team. Mm -hmm. um, all the big match build-up, go to Wales Online, obviously. We'll have the live blog of the game on Sunday and all the best Bluebirds news and the boot room again next week.